You're listening to The Social Hub Podcast. This is episode number 50. You're listening to The Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Welcome to today's episode. This is a special one to me because the podcast is officially half a century. This is episode number 50. So I'm super excited for you to be here today and I am so thrilled that you have chosen to be here with me for 50 episodes. I know that a lot of you out there actually listen to every single one of them and I am so, so, so grateful to all of you for doing that. And for some of you that have only joined me partway along the way, or maybe this is the first one that you're listening into, welcome. You are in for a total treat today because I'm going to be sharing with you my lessons from 50 episodes of podcasting. So for those of you out there that have a podcast, this will probably be interesting to you because I always love to know what people have learned along a journey. I know that a lot of people out there in my audience have started podcasts this year. I know that a lot of you guys have, um, a lot of you out there are interested in starting a podcast. So while I wouldn't say I'm a, a, a podcast editing or a technical expert in this, in this at all, um, I have learned a lot that I'm excited to share with you. Um, I've got a lot of best practices and tips that have helped me become a better podcaster. Um, and particularly with like the strategy and marketing, I think is, is probably definitely where I shine more so, uh, which stands to reason. Um, than the technical, definitely than the technical stuff. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get stuck into what I have learned over this year. So it's, I start, it, the official anniversary date was in October um, of this year. So not quite a podcast every week. I have had a few bonus episodes. So I think if you probably average it out, it probably was about one episode a week with the bonus episodes. Um, but the official episodes are at, at, obviously at 50 today. Um, I did have a couple of breaks along the way, like over Christmas and New Year or where life was just life and I couldn't keep up with things, which happens. Um, but yeah, I'm. this is a really cool time. It's the end of the year. It's Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of year and to be celebrating 50 episodes is awesome. Now, there are some stats out there that say that most people don't go past like episode seven or something, or maybe it's like 14 podcasts. Don't actually quote me on that. I don't know the exact number, but I know there are some stats around that if you don't get past a specific episode number, and I know it's well before episode 20, then you're doing really well and you're like above average. So 50 feels like a huge achievement. And the next big number to be looking down the barrel of for the podcast is episode 100, which just sounds like a huge number to me. Um, and a lot of people that I really look up to that have podcasts that I love to listen to have, have just clocked over 100 episodes. So I feel like I'm, I'm in, in good company um, to be, you know, to be striving on to episode 100. 
So again, thank you so much for being here and celebrating episode 50 with me. Um, If you have listened before and you love the podcast, or even if you're new and you're loving what you're hearing, I would really love it if you would just support the podcast today. If you would subscribe, because then you'll get notified every time a new episode drops. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave a review. Reviews are like podcaster gold. um, And I absolutely love reading every single one of them. So if you do leave a review as a little bit of a thank you from me, if you could just drop your Instagram handle on the review, just leave it as the little at and then whatever your Instagram handle is. And I will screenshot it and share and give you a shout out for leaving my podcast a review on my Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, you can, you can get that little thanks from me over there on the gram, just as a way of me saying, thank you for tuning in, hanging around and leaving a review. The other thing I have as a little thank you for those of you listening, as I know, as I said before, a bunch of you are tuning in, are keen to learn about podcasting or have started a podcast yourself. Maybe your podcast could be an infancy stage and want to know more about my process. So what I've actually got for you guys as well is a free download, which is my own podcast process in a Trello board. Now I use Asana because that's what my VA loves to use, but I've put it into a Trello board template. And um, I've also got the start a podcast workflow in there as well that I used when I started my own podcast. So for those of you out there looking at learning how to podcast, those of you that are just wanting to know how I run things and kind of how I manage it so that I can keep pumping out the episodes week in week out, you can head over to the show notes page for today's episode at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash 50. And I'm changing things up now. That's 50 with numbers, not letters, just to make it easier for people to search for the episodes. And you can download that Trello board freebie with my complete process in it. There's a little video attached to it. And it's also got my free workflow checklist to start your own podcast and launch it. So you can head over to the show notes page and download that too. Thank me later. Um, so I guess what I want to just kind of jump into is the, the three kind of things that I want to share today about my podcasting journey. Now, I DIY'd my entire podcast in the start. I do outsource some of it now. So this is definitely a journey of someone who has done it all themselves and, is, and has learnt the whole process, which at the time was a huge learning curve for me. If you were following me before I launched the podcast last year, you would have seen a lot of stories and posts about the learning curve I was going on, particularly from a technical point of view. Um, and what that was like for me at the time. I'm really happy now that I've got a VA that helps me with this, my beautiful VA Kylie from Your Virtual Admin Star. And she helps me edit and upload all of my podcast episodes now, which means that I can just do the parts of it that I love, which is talking and interviewing people. <laughs> and this is really, I feel definitely, this has helped me get to 50 episodes and beyond while still managing a business, clients, growth, family, COVID lockdowns, you know, all that stuff that's definitely happened this year. And, you know, be able to keep pumping the content out because, you know, you guys hear the finished product, which is which is what comes into your ears each and every week, but there is work and planning and stuff, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that goes into producing a podcast. And because it is free content, 
Um, I know that when some people get started, they can get a little bit disillusioned by the time investment it takes in to create and produce a podcast consistently. Um, the benefits that I have seen, which I'll talk more about soon, have far outweighed the time investment and some of that pain in learning the process 110%. Um, but I can definitely see why people feel that it's a lot of time and effort. So I know for me, having a VA and having a team which has been able to help me has, has helped me be able to keep going. Um, and But other than that, I think from a cost perspective, which is important to know, that when I did launch it, it cost me nothing. Like it cost me absolutely nothing to launch it. Actually, no, I tell a small bit of a lie there. I did pay, which I'll talk more about this, these kind of things that I did uh, pre-launch. I did pay a little bit um, to get someone to professionally do my intro and outro and just show me how to use the editing software. But other than that, like I did all my own artwork, the host um, platform I use is free, the editing software that I use is free and still is. I haven't run any paid ads to the podcast or know that I do know that that does work as an ad strategy, much like you would run ads to a blog. And I see a lot more podcasters doing this um, lately, but I haven't done any of that. So from a setup perspective, the costs are pretty small. And from an ongoing perspective, if you're going to be doing it all yourself and editing it all, you can pretty much produce, edit and market your podcast completely for free. Um, the only expense I have is, is for my VA, which is, you know, when I get that invoice each and every month, I'm like, that's just the best money ever spent having someone to do those bits for me. Because if any of you know me well, like I'm good at tech, I can use the tech, but I just don't enjoy doing it. I'd rather be doing all the fun stuff. So I love being able to outsource it to someone who enjoys it. So the things I want to share with you today is the three main parts about my journey, which are the ones that I feel are probably going to give the best benefit to anyone out there listening who's interested in starting a podcast or has a new podcast and could be feeling a bit of that kind of podcast fatigue of um, the production, if, particularly if you're doing it all yourself. And those things are the benefits. So the ones that I expected and also the ones that I did not expect, what I did pre-launch to help me set myself up for success and number three is some time-saving tips to help me with podcast planning and creation um, that I wish I had known before I started. All right, let's talk about the benefits of podcasting. So there were some benefits that I kind of expected uh, because of what I'd heard from other people share about their experiences with podcasting. And I did quite a bit of research before I started my podcast, which I'll share in a bit as well. Um, but there were some benefits that I wasn't really expecting and I, I, or I just... I kind of thought potentially might be a benefit, but I had to kind of experience it for myself. So one of the biggest benefits that I, I didn't expect it to be as powerful as what it has been, although I knew it would be a flow-on effect from podcasting, but it's just become much more powerful than I really ever thought it would be, is the relationships that I've built with the guests. So I've not just have I solidified my relationship with people that I already knew in my network by doing podcast episodes with them, I've connected with new people and built new relationships with guests that have gone on to become quite really good business friends or Instagram friends or online friends. I mean, we're all online friends at the moment these days with COVID because we haven't been able to travel a lot, but a lot of new business friends that I have have touched base with and, and connected with this year that I would not have connected with if I hadn't have started the podcast and pitched to people and had guests on and then had 
consequently to that, people pitch me to be on the podcast. Um, so that's been a really amazing benefit, which has had a flow on effect in so many areas, referrals, growth, um, you know, more podcast subscribers. That's been a, a really, really powerful part of the process for sure. The other thing is my confidence to pitch. So I, despite what you guys might think, because I do come across as a very confident person and, and I am definitely to, to an extent, I, I'm, a, I'm a confident person. I'm an outgoing person. I, I know my confidence does definitely get rocked a lot, a, a lot, but I am an outgoing person and an extroverted person. Um, but my confidence to pitch when I started was really, really low. So I started initially with friends and people that I already knew or had collaborated with before, which was really easy. But I, then I kind of had used up that group of people and I needed to move on to other people that um, maybe I didn't know so well. So when I, what I did was that I just started with people that I had connected with online that maybe I'd met at an event and I just did a really soft pitch on Instagram and just said, hey, I've got a podcast. I'd love to know if you'd like to be on for an episode. I think my audience would love to hear about whatever it is that they do. We'd strike up a conversation and then go on to book the podcast from there. Um, then I would then I started moving on to cold pitches to people who had been guests on other podcasts, maybe that I had never connected with before. Um, and it was a really good process for me to go through like that because I started with people I was really comfortable with. Then I moved on to people that I knew but not, didn't know that well. And then by the time I got to pitching people I didn't know at all, my confidence was a lot higher. And I haven't had anyone say no that they don't want to be on the podcast that I've asked, which is, which is awesome. The other benefit is conversions. Now, I have hands down converted clients for programs, clients for coaching from the podcast. Now, if I don't know people when they come to me, say they come to me as a lead or they come into a program of mine and I don't know them, like they haven't engaged with me on social media or they're not in my Facebook group, um, I often ask them, where did you find me? Like, how did you find me? Did someone refer you or, or do, have you followed me? Are you following me? And we've just never talked before. And often people say that they found me on the podcast or they went to the podcast and stalked me on the podcast after they'd either been referred me from someone or seen me somewhere else. And the podcast has helped them build that relationship with me that they maybe would never have built or I don't think would definitely not have built if I didn't have the podcast. So the podcast definitely and podcasting definitely for a business person, if you strategically use it well, can 100% contribute to um, more converted clients in your business and more converted customers in your business as well. Moving on from that would be the nurturing process. So like I said before, that people often will say to me, they found me on my podcast or they found me and then went to the podcast um, to stalk me more and try to get to know me a bit more. So podcasting really is that nurturing part of your relationship funnel with your audience. It nurtures your audience so well. The reason being is it's easy to access. So they can be anywhere. Like you could be talking to someone when they're in the car, when they're driving, when they're on their morning walk, when they're doing their housework, when they're having a bath or wherever it is that they listen to podcasts. So effectively you're kind of stepping into their life and you're with them, talking to them while they're doing things that they do every single day. Often I have people say to me, oh, you were with me on my morning walk this morning. 
And that's just so powerful because you become a part of their everyday life and that's where it really helps nurture your audience if you do your podcasting really well. The other amazing thing and benefit, which I kind of knew about but I didn't really understand it until I saw it in action, was the evergreen content um, and the lifespan of podcast content. So I just heard people talk about it, but I just, I guess I needed to see it for myself. And because I live in social media where content is, you know, has a really short lifespan um, and it can, you know, what, you get like a couple of days out of a post, like if, if that, like the lifespan of social media content is so short. And then email again as well, you know, people's emails are pretty full, their inboxes, and they can easily delete an email or it gets lost in a, a massive sea of emails if you're one of those people that never deletes them and has 10,000 undeleted emails in your inbox. Um, whereas podcasting is really bingeable. It's content that people will often say, that they listened to a recent one and then started at the beginning and then listened to all of them. Now, people don't do that with social media posts. People don't do that with blogs unless they're an avid blog reader. People don't do that with other types of content, but with podcasting, because it's so easy and easy to tap into, it's content where people can do that really, really easily. And a lot of people love that kind of binging content. Like, we're kind of wired for that. Like if you look at Netflix, people love, like I'm one of those people, I download a series and I, it's got to have like three seasons in it because I want to binge on it. Um, you know, people love that they can go and listen to heaps and heaps of episodes, particularly if you get past that first time frame and move on to, you know, 20, 30, 40 podcasts and belong. You're building this amazing library where people can learn from you, experience you, learn from your guests if you have guests on. And that bingeable content, which just meets so many needs. So interestingly, my most downloaded episode is episode one, which I find incredible because it's the oldest. So it just goes to show how long the lifespan is of your, your podcast episodes. All right. So now I'm going to talk about what I did pre-launch to help set me up for success. So First of all, I set a date and or, or at least gave myself a time frame to work towards. So it was like early 2019 and I said, right, I want to launch a podcast in September. And then I was like, I'm not going to really start doing much about it until June. Like that was just something I had on my 2019 goals of things that I wanted to do for the year. So a few months before September came around, I you know picked up the podcast idea out of the ideas box and I started actually doing something with it. So the first thing I did was I just started consuming anything I could about podcasting. I listened to podcasts about podcasting because I go for a walk every single day. So I started listening to podcasts about it, people that were guests on other, other podcasts talking about it. Then there were people I knew that had started podcasts about podcasting. Um, I came across Lyndall from Podcast VA on that journey. She was interviewed on one of my mentors, Angela Henderson, on the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Um, and I, her episode on podcasting, I think I listened to it about three or four or five times just so that I could really absorb everything in that she was saying because she's such an expert on the podcasting process. And that's her entire business is her business is VAs that help you 
produce your podcasts. Um, and she's obviously got a lot of other learning material and, and, and stuff to help you as well. And I, I think then I went and followed her. I downloaded her freebie. I joined her Facebook group and I just consumed as much content as I could around creating a good podcast with a good strategy around podcast production, editing, like all of those sorts of things. Um, Carly Nimmo is a good one that has a podcast about podcasting as well. Um, and she has some really useful info on there too. So I definitely recommend going and checking out both of those ladies. Lyndall has a podcast called um, Podcasting Tips and Tricks, which is an amazing podcast all about podcasting. The next thing is I created a strategy for the podcast. So I kind of sat down and went through like what were the sort of guests I wanted to have on there? What was my interview style going to be? What sort of content was I going to share? And how was I going to use it to drive action in my business? So I think this is a really important part of the process. And if any of you know me well, you know that I love strategy. So um, I really sat down and kind of mapped out what was the tone that I wanted my podcast to have. Like, obviously it's a business podcast, but you know, what were the sort of people that I wanted to put in front of my audience? When I'd listened to a lot of other business podcasts, I found that there was a lot of the same people being interviewed all the time. And I was like, okay, do I want to create a new voice or do I want to keep showing the same voices? Um, what was my interview style going to be? Was it going to be relaxed and conversational? Or was it going to be a little bit more professional? Um, what sort of content did I want to share? Like when I wasn't talking about social media, what did I want to be interviewing my guests about? You know, was it just going to be about business stuff or did I want to talk about things that were going to benefit in their life as a whole? Um, and some of my podcasts have not even been about business. It's been about how I manage my business, how I manage my life as an entrepreneur. Uh, one of my uh, episodes, bonus episodes was about homeschooling during the pandemic with two amazing guests um, on there. And that was one of my bonus episodes. Another one of my bonus episodes was, um, you know, how to create a good resume, which came out during COVID because people were, um, their businesses were shut down and they were put out of it and they were needing to look for work. So I did a live stream in my group and shoved that into a podcast too, because I knew it was something that would be pertinent to my audience at the time. Um, so yeah, definitely sitting down and having a think about what sort of content was I going to share myself and then what was the content I was going to share from other people for my audience. And then how was I going to use it to drive action to my business? So how was I going to use the podcast to direct people to where else they could go in my ecosystem? Would I send them to my website? Would I send them to my Facebook group? Would I just send them to Instagram? Like where was I going to send them to connect with me further? Because you need to be telling people where they need to go next. Um, and I firmly believe that if you're telling people in your podcast where they can connect with you next, once they're ready to do that, they will. And, you know, the, the results I spoke about before is, is just proof of that. The next thing I did was I started mapping out my tasks. So I'd done my strategy, I'd done all my, all my research, and then I started mapping out my tasks. And I just created a simple Trello board, which I still use. It's, I use it in Asana now, um, but the same system, which I use for planning and mapping out all my episodes, what date they're meant to be published, um, you know, and you know, putting, you can put all your images in there for your guests. I've, I've kind of moved on to some different like systems and stuff that I use now for my podcast. Um, interview booking and all that sort of thing. 
Um, but as far as the tasks of what I needed to do to get it launched and then, you know, episode management, I mapped all that out just in a really simple Trello board. And that's what's in the free download for you guys, which is on the show notes page that I spoke about before. The next thing I did pre-launch was I started talking about it before I launched it. So I started telling my audience that I'd be starting a podcast. I asked them what would they want to see as content in the episodes. I shared stories of me recording my first few episodes and talked about that journey of learning the process so that people really, they knew it was coming. So it wasn't just like, bang, all of a sudden I've got a podcast. My audience were primed and ready for me to start this podcast and launch it because I've been talking about it for a good month or so on and off in my content. Then when I launched it, my audience were ready. They knew it was coming. They were ready for these few episodes to drop and they were just as excited as I was. And I had a bunch of really quick hit Um, downloads in that first, you know, few weeks of launching the podcast. I think within 24 hours, it was in the top 10 on the Apple charts or something. Now, I guess this is probably a time to kind of share where I sit on the whole, I'm number this on the podcast charts and all that sort of thing. I've never really been someone to care or give a toss about whether I'm number one or close to number one on the charts. I know that some other podcasters out there will, they'll tell you that they're number two on the podcast charts or they're number five or they're this or that or the other. And that's awesome. Like I'm super happy for those people and absolutely cheer them on. I love to see, um, you know, people in business having success at 100%. Um, I've been featured, like I said, I was top 10 on the charts in the first couple of weeks a few times and I've been on the new and noteworthy and the business charts a few times as well when I have a really popular episode but I haven't really placed a huge importance on that um and I think that's because like my whole business theory is that it's quality over quantity anyway like you can do more with a smaller audience than you can with a larger audience so long as they're the right people um So, yeah, I haven't really placed a huge importance on that number. I placed more importance on the content because I thought if the content is good then and the strategy is working and I'm moving people into my ecosystem and I'm seeing the results that I have seen from it, that I don't, to me, it doesn't really matter to me if I'm number one or not. Um, And I've yielded results from my podcast in my business. It's, It's proven that it's been one of the best things that I've absolutely ever done. So, you know, if I'm in the charts, I'm in the charts. If I'm not in the charts, I'm not really in the charts. So you'll probably never hear me talk about that. Um, unless of course I was number one and then I would share that because that's kind of pretty cool, but I don't, (laughs) it's not necessarily something I've placed a huge importance on. Um, for me, having a podcast that nurtured my audience and resulted in new clients was a success. So that was enough of a benchmark for me. To this day, like, you know, 12 months in, just over 12 months in, um, I have, I've got less than 10,000 downloads for the 50 50 episodes plus the bonus episode, which is about 55 in total, I guess. I'm sitting at about seven to seven and a half thousand. I think last time I checked, it was about maybe seven, three. Um, for all of those. So that averages out at, you know, I don't know, what's that, like 150, 160, maybe 170 downloads per episode. But it's not just the downloads that are the only metric that I pay attention to. It's the new followers 
and the new people in my audience that have come from collaborating with other guests on the podcast and them sharing my podcast with other people. Some people where a guest might share, say, a post, they might come and follow me, but they don't necessarily go subscribe to the podcast. Maybe they're not someone that listens to one, but they can see that I've got value and they'll come and following, come and follow me. So in terms of success, I don't really benchmark my success just on the podcast charts number. I benchmark it on, you know, how many downloads per episode. Because, you know, if I had one episode that had 6,000 downloads and the rest of them had 10, then I wouldn't see that as a success. Whereas all of my episodes, they're all averaged at well over 100 downloads per episode. Um, And I'm seeing the results that I want from it too. So definitely that's where I've put my attention and my focus in, in analyzing the success. So now I want to talk about time saving tips. Now, This is a big one that I wanted to share with you guys. There's a lot of time, as I said, goes into creating a podcast, particularly in the beginning. Um, So I've got five of my best time-saving tips. And for those of you that have a podcast, I know, and, and maybe are feeling that podcast fatigue, this will be interesting to you. And those of you that are looking potentially to start one, here's some things that I kind of wish I'd known (laughs) when I got started. Now, number one, pardon my French, don't fuck around with microphones. Now, when I was listening to and doing a lot of my research, all the experts say, don't start with purchasing a microphone. And I can 100% attest to that. And even though, and I think people want to go and buy one because it's fun, right? It's like, oh, I bought a microphone. This is kind of cool. It's a new toy that you can play with. But I spent so much time with you know, making sure that I had pouring over the right microphone to buy. And also too, like I live in a house with really shitty acoustics. Like we've got lots of tiles, lots of windows. It's a noisy neighborhood. There's always a freaking neighbor going with the lawnmower. Like I've shared, this is a really annoying thing all the time. And all the professional microphones picked up all of that noise Um, so then I spent all this time trying to create like a little boom box for my microphone. And then I'd go and I'd sit in my bedroom surrounded by lots and lots of pillows. And like, I see people hiding in their wardrobes, um, surrounded by clothes when they're recording their podcast as well. And to be honest, that just became an absolute head for want of a better word, head fuck, because it was so time consuming and annoying. Like in the middle of summer, I had to have the air conditioning going and I was surrounded by pill. Oh, it was just added so much time and pain into the process of getting myself set up to be right. Let's go. Let's record and let's podcast. Um, so now you know what I do open up zoom or I open up my recording platform. I use Orphonic, pressed go. And I use my Apple headphones. <laughs> or the voice app on my phone with my Apple headphones. Now, most professional podcasters who uh, love their mics and perfect sound quality would roll over in their grave if they heard me say that. But for me right now, it works. When we move to a house with better acoustics, I will definitely be using my mic more. Um, when And I've also booked a podcast room before as well at one of the local uh, co-working spaces, which really helped. Um when I just needed to bash out like a whole bunch of episodes one at one time. And um, 
you know, there was a lot of noise and tradesmen coming into the, the house that week. So I just went somewhere else to go and do it. So if you're at home recording your own podcast, don't stuff around trying to hide in your closet, surrounded by clothes and all that sort of thing. Now, Apple headphones, they have really great noise cancelling features already built into them. Um, and you know, the other good thing is if you just start simple with stuff that you've already got, like, honestly, I just say to my guests, any headphone is better than no headphone, right? Because it cuts out all of that background noise immediately, gets rid of a lot of the tinny noise and like Apple headphones have microphones in that in, in built, they have great noise cancelling qualities. And then it means that you can upgrade to and invest in a really good mic when you know that your podcast is working, when you know that your strategy is working and when you've really fine-tuned your process. Um, because I think to get a good one, you do, you do need to spend, you know, there's some cheap ones out there and you, you get what you pay for with microphones has been my experience. Um, so, yeah, that would be my first one is just plug into the voice app in your phone with your headphones and just start talking. It's so easy to do. Number two would be don't over-edit. So I leave my ums and ahs in, I, you know, even the odd verbal trip up, I will absolutely leave in. I'll cut out if I've coughed or if I stop to have a drink of water and you can hear me slurping, <laughs> I'll definitely cut that out. Um, but it's, it's real, right? Like people like the ums and ahs. They like the odd verbal trip up if it's a little bit funny because it sounds like they're talk talking to a real person. It sounds like a real person is talking to them. Perfectly polished podcasting is not necessarily what people want to hear. I think you've got to look at your ideal client. Now, my ideal client, my ideal audience is someone who's chilled out. They're relaxed. They don't mind having sitting back at the pub and having a chat over a beer and having a chin wag. That's my ideal client. So they're not going to care about the ums and the ahs. They're not going to care about perfectly polished stuff. So long as a lot of the loud background noise is taken out or any big stuff ups are edited, honestly, saves you a bunch of time. I spent so much time over editing in the beginning and I wish I just hadn't bothered. Um, I just absolutely wish I hadn't bothered. It would have saved me so much time. Third tip would be repurpose. Now, Podcasting is a place where you can actually repurpose audio. So I do a lot of Facebook lives on my channels, on my Facebook page, in my Facebook group, and I use Zoom to live stream into, the, into those pages and groups. So what I do there is I record it on Zoom, I do the live stream, and then I double dip on that and put it into a podcast. So some interviews where I've been like, I think this would be really awesome for my Facebook group to hear as a live and we can interact with people live. Um, I've gone, I'll do that. And then I'll rip the audio off and put that into a podcast as well. And that's where some episodes you'll hear me say, this is a live stream I did in my group. Um, and let you know that that's what it is because they obviously the format of them and the way you talk, cause you, you know, you're responding to comments and that sounds a little bit different um, than a normal episode. I also in email sequences or in my courses will refer to podcast episodes that are relevant. And I kind of think like why reinvent the wheel? Like you've created the content already. So why not use it? If people are asking for advice in Facebook groups, 
for example, as well, and you've got an episode about that topic, send them to the podcast. Like you spend all this time creating this content. Don't just leave it on your website or on the podcast app, like tell people about it. You know, if you'd created 50 eBooks or 50 video trainings, you'd be freaking wanting everyone to download them, right? And go into your email list or wherever it was. But with podcasting, I I see a lot of people with podcasts that don't refer back to their podcast episodes. Um, So definitely be sending people there as much as possible. Um, This has really helped in email sequences where I might send, say, an EDM out to my mailing list and I'll talk about a specific topic and I'll say, you know, you can hear about this more over on the podcast at episode whatever episode it was, and then refer them over there. Um, So yeah, repurposing and sending people to that content because you've already created it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Use the content that you've already created and send more people there. My fourth tip would be outsource what you crap at. I had someone, as I said, do my intro and outro for me worth every bloody cent. I hear some people's intros and outros on their podcasts and I'm like, oh my God, it sounds terrible. Like the music is too loud. I can't hear them talking. They haven't faded the music out properly um, or the music is just too tinny or something like, I don't know. And I, I can tell that they've edited their intro and outro themselves. Um, you know, I don't think, I think most people that podcast are not audio editing experts, like nearly a hundred percent are not audio editing experts unless you are someone that produces podcasts anyway, and you're doing your own. So definitely outsourcing the things that you're not good at it. For me, I can edit audio. I'm just slow at it and I don't enjoy it. It doesn't light me up. So definitely in initially in the launch phase, like getting someone to do those key parts for you is really a good idea. And then if you're able to getting someone to edit, edit it for you, um, is, is really good as well, unless obviously you love to do that sort of thing. The next tip would be batch and plan. So I'm always about four to six weeks ahead in my podcast batching. So I'm never rushing to get an episode out. And if shit hits the fan, it's okay to have content there in advance. You know, if I'm always ahead of time and ahead of schedule, it means that, you know, if I get sick or something happens and I don't get to record that week, I'm not leaving my podcast fans hanging for a podcast episode. The other thing is you plan in to take a break. You don't have to do an episode every week. You can do a series or you can have times where you just take time off like over Christmas and you might do a from the vault, like here are my best podcast episodes. I know that times where I haven't been able to get an episode out that week for whatever reason, um, I've just done a post and gone, hey, no podcast this week. Sorry, guys. But hey, here's my top three downloaded podcast episodes. If everyone else loved them, maybe you would too. So don't, I guess, like, don't, don't hold yourself accountable. I mean, definitely, I think you need to hold yourself accountable to be consistent with your podcasting. But if shit hits the fan and you don't get a podcast out that week, Life is still going to go on. And I think when you hold yourself to these rigid terms with anything that you do in your life and your business, that's where you start to get fatigue. Um, And yeah, since I kind of let go of the perfectionism of podcasting, my podcasting has gotten so much better and my episodes have become so much more popular and downloadable. And um, 
I think more enjoyable for me and that comes across in how I deliver them, which means that people enjoy them more too. So that's it. That's my lessons from 50 episodes of podcasting. And remember that if you want my Trello board and my start a podcast workflow checklist that's inside of it, head to all the W's, the social hub AU forward. Sorry, (laughs) there's a verbal trip up, guys. All the W's, the social hub au.com forward slash 50. That's number 50 and download it for free. Until then, guys, have an amazing day. Stay classy. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub au.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.